Thank you for tuning in to our podcast recorded live each week. Now sit back and enjoy the award-winning Tony Sanders Outdoor Show. Tighten your life vests, wrap into your tree stand, and get ready for the award-winning Tony Sanders Outdoors. Your source for outdoor information, education, and entertainment. Now here are your hosts, Tony Sanders and Rob Pratula. That would be. Tony Sanders and Rob Pratula. Right here with you on this wonderful Saturday morning. Supposed to be a rainy Saturday morning, but it's not. No, it, I yeah. was actually seeing some stars coming in. Yeah, it's really crazy. Big storms blew through last night. When I when when I come back, I want to be a weatherman. Just can't be any pressure. Yeah, true. You missed a lot. He's a weather guy. Yeah, or or be a weather guy in a place that doesn't have a lot of weather, like uh, Arizona. Yeah, I was thinking like Phoenix. All right. It's uh, not- from January to May, it'll be hot, and then from May till January, it'll be exceptionally hot. I'll see you next year. Have a great, you know. <laughs> well, you know, it's kind of funny you said that. I, I got thrown off yesterday. I was having a conversation I'll talk about a little bit later uh, with a guy named Tim who has retired as the as a police officer out of Syracuse, New York. Mm-hmm. And... And he made a comment, and he said it so casually, like I and I was supposed to get it, but he said he was, you know, he and his wife, you know, retired and and moved to the land of three seasons. And I'm like, well, where's that? He goes, well, here, there's no winter. And I'm like, ah, I see what you're saying. Yeah, compared to Syracuse and New York, you're right, there is no winter. Yeah, I think he could probably sell his sh- uh, his snow shovel because you're not going to need it around here. Sell the sled, sell the what is, what. What do they call the the dog sled that the all, that everybody uses up in Alaska to or Syracuse to get where they need to go? You know where they mush the dogs. You know, yeah, going to the grocery store up there in Syracuse. Dog sled. Yeah, dog sled. That's I couldn't think of the word. You said it. Oh, well. <laughs> sled dog, dog sled, whatever. No, you said dog sled. Okay. Ooh. I need some more caffeine this morning. Are you drinking caffeine in your cup over there? No, not yet. That's water. Oh, that's the problem. I know. I'll have to get some caffeine when, on our first break here. Goodness gracious. So anyway, I thought that was kind of funny, the, the land of three seasons. I hadn't thought of that, but it's true. Well, my theory on weather is that it depends on where you live on your outlook on life. I mean, if you let the weather control your your life, then, you know, well, I'm not going out because it's raining. Well, you're going to miss a lot of fun things to do outdoors. Around here lately, for sure. Yeah. And, I mean, don't get me wrong, the weather can hamper a lot of things like, you know, you know, fishing in the rain is fine. Fishing in the, in the thunderstorms with high winds and lightning, n- not so good, not so good. But uh, my theory is that uh, you get some hardy people because of the weather. Like people in the Dakotas, Montana, you know, in the winter it'll be, you know, 25, 30 below, and in the summer it'll be, oh, 90. So <laughs> you get some you get some people out there that, you know, really know about weather, as opposed to people who live on, like, you know, San Francisco, there's like a 10-degree variance every day, and that's it. So if it's 60 in the morning, it's going to be 70 in the day. There's only a 10-degree variance. When you have, like, a 30-degree or 40-degree temperature variance in the day, that's when you start getting interesting. I mean, we all here, and I know you have done it too, you've gone in, running the heater, wearing a jacket, and come out in the afternoons 
in the spring or the fall, blowing the air conditioner and the jackets on the back seat. And you have, you know, why we have five and six jackets because we keep leaving them in the car mm-hmm. at the office. That's why we have so many coats. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You know, you, you talk like a guy that watches the Weather Channel. I do. I watch a lot of the Weather Channel. Except oh, it's not the Weather Channel anymore. No, it's it's like it's like MTV. It no longer does music. No, they they used to show the weather at the eights every hour. Now it's twice during an hour on certain eights, and I and I'm, I can't figure out the math behind it. Unless they, they, I'll tell you what, they don't miss commercials. They hit commercials perfect. They they don't miss any commercials, and I really don't care about deadliest space weather, or, uh, ice road trucker record service people i don't care about that i would like to see the weather but that's just me i mean if you're going to call yourself a, we call ourselves an outdoor channel or an outdoor program and we talk about the outdoors and things related to the outdoors we don't go off on you know something that we're usually not associated with the outdoors we don't Normal. I mean, we'll discuss gun politics, but we don't go off on some political debate or anything like that. We stick with what we know. I wish the Weather Channel would do the same, darn it. So there's my rant for this morning. Darn you, Weather Channel. Started early. Yeah. Darn you, MTV. I remember when they used to show videos. Of course, I'm 50 years old, too. True. Um, screen's dying. What did you think? Tap it. Give it a... Well, all right, we've now exceeded my mechanical knowledge. (laughs) (laughs) All right, just got back from uh, Cookville, Tennessee, with the uh, Tennessee Wildlife Commission. And Rob's always, well, that's always good for a couple segments. I'm not cutting it off this time. (laughs) Yeah, do tell. (laughs) Um, Got there, had a coconut smile, and came home. Yeah, it was... um, it was it was lighter on the agenda. Uh, probably one of the most interesting things for being up there was the uh, uh, professor from Tennessee Tech who is helping us and working with us on the Asian carp issue and the sound barriers and the experiments that we're getting ready to do actually next month where we're going we're going to bring these things up. Uh, they've already sunk the um, the barrier, the sound things into the to the river. Uh, and but he was talking about they're actually tagging Asian carp now, and they've got these listening devices all throughout the system, so that uh, the water system from Kentucky to Tennessee, so they can find these carp when they they swim past the sensor to see what their migration patterns are and everything. That's cool. Yeah. I mean, the more information we have, the easier it'll be to combat them. Yeah. Uh, but the biggest thing is, is uh, which is important to us here, uh, because carps are not here yet, not Asian carps, is um, these sound barriers. And if it's going to, you know, the way these Asian carps move through the system is just take our dam here. All right. So a boat comes up the river and needs to get to the lake the next level right right so you open up the 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 locks the boat goes in along with water fish and everything else 
you close the locks, you flood the locks, and the boat goes out. You open up the other end. Well, that's how Asian carp get through the dams. Mm-hmm. Well, what we're trying is is putting up sound barriers, uh, which is going to be artificial sound introduced into the the uh, the system that will basically keep them from swimming past that. I'm trying to think what they've tried up at the Great Lakes. They've been using, they've tried several things. I've seen several, I don't know, articles or, or documentaries on it. They've they've been experimenting with sound. They've been experimenting with electricity, running an actual current through the water. Mm-hmm. And they've experimented with a bubble screen. Mm-hmm. Um, so it it will be interesting to see how, uh, wh- which one is the most effective and, you know, I mean, but we need more data. So the tagging of the carp is going to give us a lot of good information. If, if they get to a point and go no further, we can say, Hey, this worked or no, this didn't work. Let's try something else. So I think that, you know, getting the more data is, is the important thing in this discussion. Yeah. It, it, you know, and there's a lot of, there's a lot of effort put into this thing right now, uh, I mean, really is a lot of effort uh, being introduced and, and, and a lot of collaboration among the various agencies and the universities and things like that that are involved. So it, it, was, uh, it was a very interesting discussion uh, to hear what, you know, he was talking about. And Did they say if there was to be any, uh, is it going to affect other fish or other species or is it kind of targeted at carp? Is it, and, or will it? Would it be audible to humans? No to the second thing. Okay. And it is tweaked to um, to irritate the carp. Carp frequency. Yeah. Okay. All right. And I'm not sure why a carp hears something differently than a bass or a catfish or anything else. Um, but they said that the carp react negatively to the emitted sound more than other fish. So okay. while the, the it's you know it's kind of like a a shotgun blast. It's we hear the shotgun blast much differently than a dog hears a shotgun blast. Shotgun blast really doesn't affect the dog hmm. because their range of hearing at that lower blast right decibel or or frequency is not like our hearing. Okay, well, that that's, makes sense. That's yeah. why a dog can sit there at your feet while you're shooting a gun all day long and just never be phased. Right. They're not hearing it like we do. Okay. Makes perfect sense. It does until my dog takes off running from thunder. And I'm like, really? Well, you also got the the big vibration. I mean, some of those, you get some of those lightning strikes and thunder near you, right. your whole house shakes. So... I did not know that. I mean, I knew dogs had a different hearing frequency, but I never yeah. realized it to gunshots. It, it, I never made that correlation. Yeah. It's, no. uh, it's, oh. it's a frequency. It just has very little effect on the dog. I'm not saying they don't hear. Right. Because you can watch uh, uh, a duck dog or a retriever or whatever. As soon as you fire, he's looking to see where you're firing, but it doesn't have that negative impact on a dog like it does a human. Like, See, I, I learned something already in the like, in the first segment here. Like me, um, with some hearing loss from right. shooting all these years. Right. Um, 
and you know, like I learned when I was was having the the audiologist do some tests, the frequency law or the hearing loss is actually on the opposite side of my shooting. Uh, so if you're a right-handed shooter, your left ear is the one that's being impacted more than your right ear, which is just makes no sense to me. But that's what it is. Huh. It's you're getting your the impact is on the ear opposite of the gun. Hmm. Don't know why. I'm sure an audiologist could tell us, but actually, you're right. Logically, it doesn't make any sense. You're right. I mean, just from a right. physics standpoint, it doesn't make any sense. But that's that's they'll all tell you the same thing. It's the opposite huh. ear is the one that's affected the most. Hmm. So interesting. There you go. Two things. Two things I've learned. Wow. I am on a roll. You, you are. You, we are. We are educating this morning. What else would you like to be educated on? Oh, a whole lot of other stuff. We've got, uh, got an educational show. Got a few wonderful things. Got some weird stuff too. I mean, cool. weird. Well, let me tell you what I saw yesterday. It's kind of a tease. Mm-hmm. I saw a thousand-yard rifle range. A thousand yards. Yep. I don't drive that far without lunch and a potty break. Pretty sweet. We'll talk about it a little bit later. Tony Sanders Outdoors. Be right back. If you need any outdoor supplies, there's only one place to go, Sportsman's Warehouse. They have all the equipment you need, as well as a friendly, knowledgeable staff to assist you. If you want a firearm, then check out the thousands of guns they have on the shelf. If you don't see one you want, go to sportsmanswarehouse.com. Choose from over 6,700 models they have, and they will ship it directly to the store. Everyday low prices, no shipping charges, and no processing fees. Sportsman's Warehouse, the great indoors for those who love the great outdoors. Highway 153 and Lee Highway. If you're looking to target your product or service to the outdoor community, Tony Sanders Outdoors can help. Nearly one-third of the radios are tuned to Tony Sanders Outdoors on Saturday mornings from 5 to 7 a.m. Whether it's a recorded commercial, live reads, remote broadcast, or product endorsements, Tony and Rob can help. Give us a call at 423-280-3677 to discuss your advertising needs. Tony Sanders Outdoors, your outdoor advertising solution. 423-280-3677. Welcome back. Tony Sanders Outdoors, hanging with you this Saturday morning. Trying to have fun. You having fun? I am having fun. Good. I got some coffee now, too, so I'm I'm much better. So I'm driving back from Cookville uh, yesterday. And a nice little drive down 111. And I go right past uh, a, a, a place that we all know called Dead Zero Shooting Park. And while I was having lunch, about 30 minutes from there, I sent a text to uh, the owner, and I said, hey, can I stop by? I hadn't been by in a, in a while. Mm-hmm. So I did. And, uh, and, man, the place has changed a lot. So I got a tour. This is where I met Tim. I mentioned earlier in the show, uh, the retired police officer. Mm-hmm. 
And uh, so he took me on a tour. It took about an hour to to circle the grounds. Oh, my, is this place nice. They have um, all kinds of stuff. You've got the rifle and pistol area. I think there was eight bays to shoot in. And wow. these are burn bays um, from 50 yards, 25 yards, steel set up. I mean, all kinds of stuff. Wow. Um, then you have what everybody has been waiting on, and that's the 1,000-yard range. Wow. Nice. 1,000 yards is a long way. Matter of fact, I think I've got a camera, a picture of it. Now, the funny part of this is um, I didn't zoom it. I just took it, right? Right. So this... This is from where you're shooting back towards. That's that's the, th- I'm sitting right, the 1,000-yard targets are just to my right, and I'm taking a picture back to where you're shooting from. You see that little bitty line? Yeah, that little white line. It looks white. That's gray. Gray. That. Yeah. Okay, so that is, I know this is radio and you guys can't see this, but that is what a 1,000-yard range looks like. Man, that's a, that is a haul. <laughs> it's hard to see a human at a 1,000 yards. Matter of fact, you can't see a human well, yeah. very well. Now, you get scopes and all that stuff. Yeah. So, anyway, so 1,000-yard range, they have it set up 100, 200, whatever, blah, 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 blah. To shoot the thousand yard range, you got to be able to hit your target at six hundred. You got to prove yourself at six, okay, before they'll let you shoot the thousand. Well, that makes sense. Yeah, it does. Um, man, was it nice! And the electronics parts are not in uh, yet, but they should be up any time. Uh, they've got their well, and, and here's what they're going to do. Uh, it's open now. The thousand yard range is open now on weekends only. Because they're still doing construction. Uh, and then starting in August, they'll be open seven days a week. Very nice. All right. Then they have two sporting clays, red and a black course. They've got a new skeet field that they have. Uh, everything is up. The field's not finished, but everything is up. Uh, the houses are up. The pads are up. Uh, it's ready to go. They just got to do some landscaping and be ready to go. They have an archery course there like a 27-station archery course. That is amazing. 3D archery. I, it just, I, was like, I was like, wow, this has really changed. Five-stand? Yeah, they had five-stand. Five-stand was cool. Had two. It is a three-level five-stand. Oh, nice. Uh, and then they had, uh, they've got this other thing uh, out, I think it was the red course we were on. You, you can see there all of the open area. It's kind of grown up in natural grasses, and throughout it they have spread uh, throwers. So you're, And you can't see the throwers because the grass has grown up around it. So it's, it's simulating like actually being out and hunting pheasants or whatever, and you're walking up, and the, the guy will throw a bird up while you're walking. It's pretty cool. That's, that's a good experience right there. 
you don't know where it's coming from, and it you know it could be right at your feet, or it could be you know a couple of yards out. So I was I was surprised, shocked. I was shocked. I was it was nice. Looking forward to it. I remember going up there for the their kind of grand opening yeah. thing. I kept had my eye on that. It is is not anything like it was. Had my eye on that pond that was back there. Uh, that one is actually stocked with fish. I had my eye on it for good reason then. Catch and release stocked oh. with fish. Hmm. So, you I mean, you can literally spend a day up there. Oh, gosh, yeah. Uh, it's about 35 minutes from Saudi Daisy. Not a bad drive. It's all straight four lanes, straight up 111. It's nice. Well, that's not true. It's not four lanes. I'm sorry. Mostly, Mostly four, four lanes. Mostly four lanes. Anyway. It was a it was a pretty cool deal. That's awesome. I'm, I'm, ready, I'm ready to go back and burn some powder. I'm ready to go back and shoot a thousand yard range. I got a couple of guns I want to shoot. Which ones? Uh, the 300 Winchester short mag. Um, I think would be really awesome at at a thousand yards. Um, I got a 300 Win mag. I don't know that I want to shoot it. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't decided if I even want to shoot it. Okay. Um. So, but the 300 short mag is kind of my my long range gun. I can understand why. It'll it'll reach out to a thousand. And I wouldn't mind shooting my 308 just to see what it will do. 308. Yeah, you're gonna. What is what what? I don't know what the 40, figure, 42 feet. I guess. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what the drop is at a thousand yards, but it would be it would be not short. Yeah, because you're you're kind of arcing that one in there. <laughs> it's a lob. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh man. But snipers have done it for years. Oh, Why I know. Can I? Oh, I know they have. I, I mean, you know, and, and guys have made longer shots, you know, accurately. So, yep. so, but yeah, but yeah, the I think the windage and the you know when you're having the finger windage and the the curvature of the earth and stuff like that, you know. Well, these so, targets, these targets that they're going to have on the thousand yard range. Mm-hmm. You you input your ballistics and and all that. Right. And the targets actually tell you where you need to aim your gun to hit the target. And it will adjust for wind and everything else. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's it's slick. That does sound slick. So, does. yeah, it was fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, man, I wanted, to, I, wanted to, I wanted to pull a trigger on that thousand-yard range. <laughs> I asked him, because they have two-foot gongs out there right now at 1,000 yards. I said, can you hear those? I said, if the wind is not blowing and it's quiet, there's not any other shooting, yes. Wow. But for the most part, no. You're just relying on your spotter. I assume there's a delay in the, a significant delay between the shot and the gong impact. You know, there is, and but the funny part is, and this I got this from shooting the Barretts, right? Because mm-hmm. we were shooting them in a thousand yards. The funny part is to me is this: if a bullet is traveling three thousand feet a second, right? That's a thousand yards, right? Right. In a second, but the delay seems like three or four. It really does. I mean, it's kaboom, ding. <laughs> it's yeah, and, and so, and I don't know, I don't know how long the delay is, but I mean, it was. I'm I'm wearing hearing protection. Mm-hmm. Take the shot, and I can I can still hear the the d- 
sting through my the hearing protection. But it, it like it takes it. I mean, it, it doesn't. It's it's very quick. I mean, not very quick. Hmm. It's and maybe it's just. I don't know. It's one of those things. I don't know. It's maybe it's it's a perception thing. Could be. Maybe it is just a second or two. Still, I mean, the sound has to emanate from a thousand yards away and get back to you. So. Yeah, but what's the speed of sound? Six hundred and something, something miles, miles per an hour. hour. Yeah. Which is quick. Yeah. So anyway, it is what it is. Yeah. But it was definitely different. <laughs> so I think I think going up there and shooting a thousand yards would be interesting. I, I'd like to do it. Well, first of all, I have to get the six hundred down. Let me rephrase that. I'd have to get the twenty five down, then work my way up from there. So true. <laughs> all right, let's go pay a bill. Tony Sanders Outdoors. We'll be right back. Attention landscapers and lawn care specialists. Your customers want a green, healthy lawn, right? Are the products you're using getting the job done? Beatty Fertilizer in Cleveland specializes in customized fertilizer blends that will have your customers' lawns looking like a golf course fairway. The pros at Beatty Fertilizer in Cleveland are the experts in lawn care. So when you choose Beatty Fertilizer products, your customers and your competition will take notice. Guaranteed. Beatty Fertilizer, 472-5491. 472-5491 or online at BeattyFertilizer.com. Sportsman's Warehouse is a perfect place to shop for all your outdoor equipment. No matter the season, Sportsman's Warehouse friendly staff and knowledgeable experts can assist you in finding what you need for your adventure. If you're a hunter, angler, boater, hiker, camper, or need clothing or shoes, Sportsman's Warehouse has just what you need. If you're looking for a firearm, Sportsman's Warehouse has over a thousand guns in the store. Now, if you don't see one you want, you can go to sportsmanswarehouse.com and select from over 6,700 guns offered online. Then you can have it shipped directly to the store, everyday low prices, no shipping charges, and no processing fees. Don't forget to sign up and register for the Sportsman's Warehouse loyalty card. This will give you points towards gift cards and special promotions, as well as keeping you informed of upcoming events. Be sure to like them on Facebook for prizes, promotions, as well as things happening at the store. The place to shop for all your outdoor needs. Sportsman's Warehouse. The great indoors for those who love the great outdoors. Highway 153 and Lee Highway. Leaves are turning. There's a chill in the air. Welcome back. Tony Sanders Outdoors. Going to Colorado, I believe. Yes, we are. Oh, wow. Look at that. Yeah. That's a toad. Yep. Uh, We are in Colorado. Well, actually, we're in Chattanooga, but we're we're traveling. We're we're mentally challenged. (laughs) Well, yeah, I would agree with that, but we're traveling in the mental mind to Colorado. There we go. Uh, (laughs) We are mentally challenged, but... We uh, are we are mentally teleporting to Colorado. Okay, well, it's snowing there. First, <laughs> is it really? It, well, you said there was yeah, snow. That, that was Wyoming. Wyoming, Montana. One of those square states. It doesn't matter. Yeah, one of those squares. Uh, um, uh, in Colorado, a gentleman has broken the state record for a bluegill. Wallace's fish officially weighed two pounds nine point five ounces and was twelve and a half inches long. Here's the fun part. He was fly fishing for pike 
when he caught this bluegill. If you catch a bluegill that's eating a pike lure, you're going to set a new state record. Look, I mean, look at the, the, the thing looks like a basketball. Yeah. Yeah. This is a, what was it, two-pound, nine-and-a-half-ounce nine oh, bluegill. What, what kind of fight do you think that thing put up? Oh, I can tell you what kind of fight that thing put up. That thing put up a heck of a fight. He probably thought he had a huge pike on until it decided not to come up. Are you going to um, add that to your um, presentation of the 103 pages of Brim stuff? No, I usually I only do the I do the I do the state records for surrounding states in the southeast. I do Alabama, Georgia, Mississippi, Florida, North, mm-hmm. South Carolina. But Kentucky. you got a good picture of that one. Oh, there's 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 other. That's the Colorado record. You got to remember in Colorado they don't get that big. I think the state record in Georgia is like three pounds something. I mean, it was even bigger than that one. Okay. But, yeah. But speaking of, I did my Brim presentation this week. It was well-received at the uh, Trout Unlimited uh, meeting. Had some guys from the... Uh, how, many, how many slides did you pare it down to? Uh, actually, I pared it down to about 80. And I got done in 30 minutes because a lot of the slides are just informational. This is this fish, this is that fish. You, did, you went through 80 slides in 30 minutes? About 30, 35 minutes, yeah. Three slides a minute. I'm showing di- I'm showing the diversity of the species. It was very well received. Some guys from the uh, Hiawassee chapter even came, to, or yeah, the Hiawassee chapter came down uh, to our meeting, which was real nice to see the guys from uh, that area. And they, they had uh, never seen your brim presentation. No, they had not, and uh, several people hadn't seen it before. But uh, it was real good, and uh, had a picture of some really big brim in there as well. So, any of those that we caught. No, no, those were not. Those didn't make the presentation because, although representative of a certain species, they were not. Uh, I would say super picture worthy. <laughs> I'll just leave it at that. They they didn't look like that one up here. No, that one I caught last year did though. You remember that big one I caught last year? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Was that in your presentation? Oh yeah, that was in the presentation. Uh, you're too funny. Yep, that one was in there. And uh, so speaking of. Mm-hmm. Uh, of of all things, panfish. Okay. Or what? It sunfish, whatever they're called. What do you call them? Whatever you want to call them. Okay. Red ear. Mm-hmm. And shellcracker. Yes. And brim. Yes. All related. Brim are a. It's a name for the sunfish. Okay. In general. Okay. Um. The red ear and shellcracker. It depends on where you are. They are the same fish. What are they here? A lot of people call them red ears. In West Tennessee, they're called shellcrackers. Now, we've had transplants from both ways, so red ear and shellcracker are the same fish. There's one that looks similar. It's called a pumpkin seed, and those are few and far between. But You caught one of those, actually, with me fishing with you one time, I think, a small one. No, that was a long ear. A lot of people call long-eared sunfish pumpkin seeds. And now you see why my presentation is so good is because it's, I'll tell you, if you want to call it a pumpkin seed, it doesn't speak Latin and it doesn't know. So you can call it a pumpkin seed. And a lot of people call long-eared sunfish pumpkin seed. Okay. But there is an actual pumpkin seed bluegill type fish, sunfish. Okay. 
the shellcracker and the red ear look very similar to the pumpkin seed sunfish, but there are differences. And at this point, we're talking. Uh, there was one on Facebook yesterday. A guy commented on my presentation, said, "Hey, I caught this before." He was actually fishing before the meeting, and he said, "I caught a little red ear," and I said, "No, that's a warmouth." And he said it had a red spot on a little fleck of red on its uh, empirical flap. And I said, yes, but if you look at the number of dorsal spines, which is 10 for the uh, warmouth, it has 10 dorsal spines, whereas that's one of the identifying factors. And then I was on Facebook the other day, and somebody caught a fish. They said, what is it? And I said, it's a rock bass. How can you tell? Well, it has three anal fins before it goes into the uh, caudal fin down there. And... Um, why do you know this? I, I, I like brim. I mean, you like, you like bird hunting. I mean, I don't, I don't know. I wanted to be a marine biologist as a kid, and nobody's ever heard this story. I was like three, and my dad said, "What do you want to be when you grow up?" I said, "Marine biologist." And this was my father's sense of humor. Being a research scientist, he said, "You'll never get a grant." I'm three. I don't understand grant-funded <laughs> research. I'm three. But I always studied fish, and I always thought it was a nice hobby. I just never thought you could make a career out of it. And look at you now. I w- <laughs> you were wrong, Dad. Look at me now. <laughs> Let's go to Beaverman. Hey, Beaverman. Uh, good morning. Good morning. Yes, it Gentlemen. is. Uncle Rob, how are you? I'm doing good. How are you, sir? I've got a, got a bear sighting to report. Do you really? Uh-oh. Yep. Local? The um, Yep. Cool. And uh, friends of ours uh, have a uh, some property. Rob, you've been there. Okay. Yep. I know where you're so talking about. Not, not in not in this state. Yep. But um, it is on uh, one of the local promontories that uh, that some folks reside upon. Anyway, way the heck out on the back of Lookout Mountain. Okay. The uh, but yeah, got a bear on one of his trail cams. Um. We contacted uh, Professor Chris. He suggested it was probably a yearling, you know, that, or, or you know, a teenager that uh, has been pushed upon to make it on his own because his ears look really big and his face looked kind of small. Makes sense. So um, anyway, he was just wandering around doing what they do, defecating freely throughout the woods. <laughs> So they do actually go in the woods, huh? Yes, they do. We've got a photo. They did not stop up at Geneva's and use the restroom there. <laughs> so how far from Chattanooga area is this bear? 20 miles. Okay. Yeah. You know, there's a lot, yeah, more, not, there's a lot more and, bear and, here than we think. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there are. And, um, they, you know, they keep to themselves, and then, then of course, you have the. Have y'all discussed that story about the bear? I think it was in Oregon. Not that yet. Had to be euthanized. Yeah, we're going to. Yeah, that's pretty bad. The, the, the only thing worse is trying to read the comments on Facebook about the bunny huggers. Underneath that, I'm sure they're very similar oh, to some of the God. the very same uh, comments quality and, and, and intelligence-wise that were uttered here on these very radio stations. Oh, my gosh. It's ridiculous. People don't feed wildlife. I mean, 
okay, put out a bird feeder. That's great. The birds will like it. They'll they'll drop then put in the they'll drop the seeds and then here come the chipmunks and mice and rats and then snakes to take care of those and you're just building up the 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 food chain. Right. But you're doing it and it um it's just not right. It just ain't right. I'm with you. Is what I would say. It, uh, you know, because it just it causes more harm to the wildlife than it does any any benefit. You know, there's uh, and you know, some of the things that we put in place for CWD is we've stopped, you know, feeding and things like that. There's a lot of wildlife professionals uh, in and out of TWRA that do not like it that any artificial food is introduced into the system. Yeah. Well, and, and they, they're really, you know, they're, they're wild animals. They're, they're supposed to forage on their own. They have thousands of, depending on what religion you belong to, almost 5,000 years worth of uh, DNA and um, testing to or repetition and uh, imprinting to learn how to do that on their own. Well, you know, it was kind well, of it was kind of funny, uh, and I'm glad. What is it, Evie or whatever the Bobcats back? Um, you know, <laughs> she just wandered home. But, <laughs> I went to Tiftonia. Everybody in Tiftonia saw that Bobcat over in so so and so's yard. Oh yeah, <laughs> for, for a whole week. Well, I went over to Sun and Shade. It's like, oh, I didn't see that Bobcat. It was up there in uh, so and so's yard. Why well, do you go get it? The part I find oh. interesting was the way that uh, even the the lady that was in charge of the nature center, she didn't talk about it as a wild animal bobcat. I mean, she really didn't. You could it was hear one it. of her children. Wasn't I know. You could hear it in her voice, and it was like, <laughs> man, that's, that's, I understand. I, they're wanting it back. I get it. I understand they're concerned that the, it won't make it. But there are hundreds and hundreds of animals that don't make it every day, right? And it just it was just it was really kind of interesting to hear. And I have I have no I have no issue with the nature center at all. That's not what I'm I'm not. I just that whole situation was kind of different. Well, I mean, it, it, at one point, you know, in that particular case, where does why would that animal not be able to make it upon its own? Is it just because it, I mean, was it injured? Was it? Well, they, they had it, damaged or just, they, they'd had it from, it only spent a very short period of time, like a couple of weeks of its life in the wild. The rest of the time uh-huh. it had been in captivity. So that okay. was the reason they didn't think it would make it because it came to them injured. Actually went yeah, to someone else, a rehab and then came to them. So it, yeah. it, and that was the big concern, and I get that, but it was just listening sure. to him talk. I'm like, "Ooh, that." Really but, but how much of an animal's ability to survive is instinctual versus what is learned? I don't know. That's that's the key. That's what the question relies on. Some people have, you know, you got two schools of thought. You know, it's instinctual. It's it's either you know breeding or it's or it's uh, environment. Hey, it's it's trading places. Let's bet a dollar. Yeah. Yeah. Is it environment? Or yeah, is it, yeah, exactly. Is it, is it hereditary? Yeah. So. Hey, I got to go pay a bill, Beaver Man.
All right, gentlemen, I'm taking some boys shooting today. We're going to go bust some clay targets. Cool. I have fun. Out there, we're trying not to scare the bears in the process. You know, I understand. I want to disturb nature, but <laughs> we're going to go pull the, pull the trigger and burn some powder. That sounds like a plan, man. I hope you guys have fun. All right, gentlemen, take Th- care. Thanks, Beaverman. All right, let's go. Final break of this hour. We'll be right back. Tony Sanders outdoors. Are you a member of the National Rifle Association? If not, why? No other organization in this country fights for your rights like the NRA. In the current environment, our rights under the Second Amendment are being attacked every day. While we in the South may feel comfortable, that is not the case all across America. The NRA is taking up the fight for you, and you need to be a part. Join the over 5 million men, women, and children who are members of the NRA. Go to TonySandersOutdoors.com and click on the Join NRA link. Don't wait too late. Like a good neighbor is not just a saying. It exactly describes my friend Rodney Allen. For nearly 20 years, my family has relied on Rodney for all of our insurance needs. He's been there when my kids were learning to drive, when my wife had been hit by a few deer, and when I needed life insurance to protect my family, as well as when my grandson was born. As you can see, he's not just our agent. He's part of our life. Rodney Allen, 423-847-3881. Like a good friend, Rodney will be there for your family too. 423-847-3881. Attention landscapers and lawn care specialists. Your customers want a green, healthy lawn, right? Are the products you're using getting the job done? Beatty Fertilizer in Cleveland specializes in customized fertilizer blends that will have your customers' lawns looking like a golf course fairway. The pros at Beatty Fertilizer in Cleveland are the experts in lawn care. So when you choose Beatty Fertilizer products, your customers and your competition will take notice. Guaranteed. Beatty Fertilizer, 472-5491, 472-5491, or online at BeattyFertilizer.com. Welcome back. Tony Sanders Outdoors. Final few minutes of this first hour. Coming up on the schedule in the next few weeks. On tomorrow. Hunter Safety Education Course at Highland Sportsman Club. I will be teaching this. This is my one time this year. I'll be teaching the course. Uh, if you have done the online portion, then feel free to come out. If you have not done the online portion, then you need to get busy. You can get it done between now and tomorrow. Uh, but we're going to start the class at 1 o'clock. You will have to have the online portion done. Go to tnwildlife.org, tnwildlife.org. Hunter education section, uh, find a find a class. You can look for the one tomorrow, and you can get signed up. And then Thursday, uh, Quail Forever. We'll be talking about this more in the second hour. The Quail Forever. Uh, we're going to have a meeting, uh, and we're going to be talking about habitat. And looking forward to that. This is going to be at the Fire Department Training Center. That's uh, at what. 3,200, something like that, uh, Amicola Highway. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can't miss it, but there's a classroom there. No cost to come, and uh, we'll be talking about some of the things that we're trying to do for Quill Forever. Uh, talking about habitat, talking about restoring habitat and things like that. So looking forward to that. Then on the 13th of July, the Chattanooga Heroes Run, 
this is something that's always kind of cool uh, that uh, that we're doing to give back for the five people who sacrificed and, and died on July 16th, 2015. Uh, and that's going to be coming up on Saturday, the 13th of July. So looking forward to that. Well, I'm not normally running, but I was about to say. <laughs> I may drive drive it for them if they want me to. Uh, and then the 20th of July, Friends of NRA at the Westin. You want tickets, you better buy them. We'll sell out. Always do. Looking forward to this. It's going to be a fun event. Uh, it's coming up on the 20th. And then on the 5th of September, the Medal of Honor Heritage Center Sporting Clays event up at Ben Shooting's Clays. So there you go. Got a big, got a, got a packed schedule coming up here. It is. It's This is summer. It's supposed to be unpacked. Yeah. Well, you want some wild outdoors? I thought this one was rather humorous since we got to get out of here quick. Or you want to save this for next hour? No, that's fine. Um, in Mooringsport, Louisiana, uh, Sheridan. Mooringsport. Mooringsport. Sorry. Mooringsport. Port, Louisiana. Sheriff's doing radio de- alone? Um, apparently not. Sheriff's deputies in Louisiana say an alligator took a bite out of one of their patrol cars. Deputies were called uh, to Highway 1 in Caddo Parish after someone spotted the alligator in the middle of the road. The sheriff's deputies were waiting for wildlife removal experts to arrive when the alligator chopped off a piece of the front bumper. Deputies estimated the alligator was eight feet long. A photo was shared to the Caddo Parish uh, Sheriff's Office page and shows the reptile in the grass next to, be, next to what appears to be a black rectangular part of the grill. Uh, the alligator escaped before wildlife uh, removal experts arrived. How do you tell your chief that when you get back to the station? <laughs> Why is your patrol car damaged? An alligator took a bite out of the front bumper. Sure, and the dog ate your homework. Yeah. Unless you got video evidence, you, I think you're going to get in trouble with the, with the you sheriff. Think, you don't think they'll buy into that? Well, maybe in Louisiana. Uh, I don't know. Who know? I mean, in Louisiana, it'd be a valid excuse. Montana, not so much. Maybe they don't have alligators there. Yeah. I think that's pretty funny. Oh, I think personally. so, too. Uh, excuse me, boss. Uh, <laughs> the uh, the grill of my car is uh, no longer installed. I was watching something last night, and they were, I don't know if you saw this, a sea lion attacked a 13-year-old uh, who was kind of frolicking in the water. Mm-mm. And uh, it bit her on the leg. Uh, did a good bit of damage. And uh, but it was it was kind of interesting. They were showing another uh, sea lion that drug a like a, a eight or nine year old off of a dock into yeah. the water. Yeah, I saw that one. Good lord, they're strong. Mm-hmm. People don't realize it. again. Wild animals don't turn your back on them. Oh, they're cute. Yeah, they're cute and they'll drown you in a heartbeat. <laughs> so anyway, matter of fact, seals eat eat fish, don't they? Yes, they do. So. They're not vegetarian. Nope. All right. Tony Sanders Outdoors will be right back. And sitting there reeling them in. Hunting, fishing, loving every day. That's the prayer that a country boy prays. Don't stop that podcast now. That's only one half of the show. We'll be right back with the second half of Tony Sanders Outdoors.
Tighten your life vests, wrap into your tree stand, and get ready for the award-winning Tony Sanders Outdoors. Your source for outdoor information, education, and entertainment. Now, here are your hosts, Tony Sanders and Rob Pratula. I can make a living from walking in the woods. You think we're making a living from walking in the woods? Eh, sometimes, but not recently. Since we're indoors. Making a living talking about walking in the woods. Yeah. (laughs) As modest as it is. Hey, welcome back. Tony Sanders Outdoors, hour number two. We're going to kick off the hour with our buddy Chris Wilmore, who is... Let me hit the button again. There... Uh oh, where did he go? Chris, you went away. Call back. He was there. I saw him. Buttons are. I only hit the next buttons. Why did it go away? I don't know. Buttons are not toys. <laughs> of course, he's a fireman. He could have got called out. Who knows? <laughs> oh, gotta there go. He there he comes back. Oh, gotta go. So we'll try this again. I'll let I'll let JD put me on. That way, I don't mess it up. Okay. Uh. Anyway. We have uh, a, a unique opportunity. We mentioned it in the calendar just uh, not long ago, but uh, we've got a an, an opportunity for you to learn about quail. So here we go one more time. Chris is there this time. Okay, you're not going to hang up on me again, are you? I don't think so. Uh, okay. <laughs> I want you to know that was Tony, not me. I would I, never I hang up on you. I, I would never hang up on you. You know that. We. Yeah. I don't know what, it, uh, I don't know. Maybe if I push the same button twice, it hangs up on you. I don't know. Anyway, uh, Chris Wilmore, who is uh, taking over the reins of Quail Forever here in the uh, the Chattanooga area. And uh, we've got an event coming up on the 27th of June, which will be Thursday evening, 6 p.m. Right. At right. the Chattanooga Fire and Police Training Center, 3200 Amicola Highway, Chattanooga, Tennessee, uh, why don't you tell everybody what we're, we're going to try to do, Chris? Well, for starters, uh, I'm like I'm like you. I'm very passionate about upland hunting, and and everybody I've talked to, you know, talking with friends and and whatnot, will tell you that you know there ain't no quail around here. That's that's the quote I've heard more often than anything. I think I want to put that on a poster. There ain't no quail around there here. Ain't no quail here. Yeah, ain't no quail here, and. While that's there is some truth to that, the sad part is it's our fault, <laughs> and uh, it's I don't know how to explain it, but the, there could be quail around here it, very easily. It's just a matter of changing some of our thought processes and how we do things right. that we don't think anything about it, and that's that has a detrimental effect on quail. And I look at quail as the canary in the cage for the old coal miner or anybody in the cave or whatnot. They had that canary, and it would show adverse effects before uh, right. any of the workers in the mine, so they would get know to get out of the cave. Well, that's kind of what's happening is the reason why there ain't no quail no more is because we're doing some things that aren't great necessarily for the world. Uh, at least in the tri-state area or Chattanooga area, however you want to put it. And I think if we, well, I know if we do these things that we're going to talk about, this habitat things, we can make this place, we can have quail again. The, the 
uh, I'm going to reference the Kevin Costner movie. If we, if we build it, they'll come. Right. Uh, just a friend of just one of the guys who's going to be. He's already told me he's committed and going to come come Thursday night. He he posted a picture just just I think yesterday or day before. He snapped a picture of a wild quail uh, from the from the side of the road. They still are around, but they're few and far between. Let's make them more and more common and not so far between. And and we can do that. It's not hard. It's just a way of changing our philosophy. So that's what we're going to look at, some of these little things that we used to do and there was never any problem with it, but it just came out of fashion or whatever. And that's just that's what we need to be working on. And it's working all over quail, bobwhite quail, and, well, for the other species of quail, too. But I'm not going to worry about Texas or Arizona or whatever. It's all about what's happening in Chattanooga because that's that's the neat thing about Quail Forever is everything we do has an effect here and doesn't we're not we're not sending the money far far away or whatever we're we're doing it and so we're using this opportunity to offer this to anybody that wants to come it's totally free and get a free education about. A true, not a Bernie Sanders free education, a true ed- free education on quail and what you, each one of us, can do to help quail. Even if you live in an apartment downtown, you can come to this event and learn how you can have an effect sure. on quail. Um, you know, and, and people that's listened to the show for years have heard me talk about the reason I was so, again, I'm not a really a big deer hunter. I'm, I'm more into the upland game and things. And the reason is, is when I was a kid, the only thing I hunted for in Chattanooga was quail and grouse. That's all I hunted for. It's all I really knew. And yeah. uh, and that's because my dad was a bird hunter, and, and, and that's what I enjoyed. And uh, the thoughts of bringing quail back would be so cool. But, I mean, I remember even I, where I grew up was in East Brainerd, and I still own the house today. I got two acres in East Brainerd. We had quail... <laughs> on our property it was just two acres and it was in a uh not quite a subdivision but it wasn't out in the country either but we had quail there and we had quail all behind us and what is now the area of stratton place and where the post office is there in in east brainerd there was that whole area is where i grew up hunting and stuff and there were quail everywhere and uh, i it's, it, it's just sad it is sad, and and I, I can't believe that it doesn't raise a ton of alarm bells, but it does. It doesn't, and I, but you know, I I talk to people about quail, and they're like, "Well, this, if you want to go quail hunting, you got to go to like South Georgia, you got to go to Texas, or you got to like, no, we should have. We used to have quail here. We should have quail here now, and it's just a matter of changing our our so slightly changing. It's not a whole new way of looking at things. It's just a Changing some of our practices, like uh, you mentioned before, you know, we mow right up. And I, I did it, too. I used to have a few acres of land. Uh, I live on a postage stamp now, but uh, I mowed right up to the edge of the fence. Right. Then turned around and pulled, pulled the weed eater out and chopped those down. I should have come back a few feet and left a left a stand. And if you think about it, rabbits are the same way. Now, they've learned to adapt to a the, your wife's hedges and shrubbery right. and that kind of stuff, but quail don't don't adapt like that. Correct. Uh, they they love that world of change and stuff. But uh, could you imagine? You know, our our daddies and stuff. We, they hunted 
they hunted quail, they hunted rabbit, they hunted small game. They didn't they didn't focus on deer or turkey because there was few and far between on those. Exactly. Well, there, there were no deer. We, we, we've lost our small game heritage, and that's what we want to help restore. Sure. sure. I, you know, Chris, I said with the comeback of the wild turkey, you know, they've done such a great job in reintroducing those. And they have those. done a wonderful job. I'd like to see the same with quail because I remember hearing quail, you know, in the evenings, you know, hearing them call when I was a kid. And I heard it uh, a few weeks ago. I was near a... a uh, wildlife management area kind of place, and I heard some quail, and I was like, well, there's something you don't hear every day, but you used to hear it yeah. every day. Oh, yeah. So I'm with you on well, that. Well, I got uh, the the place where I, I hunt up in uh, Meigs County. Uh, it's kind of changed, too, but before it had quite a bit of habitat, and where there was always several covey of quail in the area, uh, but now the, the person that owned it has kind of turned it into more of a farm, and, and sure enough, right up to the fence, fence everywhere, it's, everything's cut. Yeah. So uh, it just kind of takes away from the, the, the unique habitat. All right, we got just a few more minutes for the break, Chris. Tell everybody again what the particulars are, where it's at, and uh, what they need to know and how they can register. Well, there's nothing. They don't have to register. We do ask. Uh, we have asked for RSVPs, and we've got got a few, but it's not required. If you know you're going to come, just let either me or you know, and we'll we'll put you down. Uh, I'll put my number out there. It's 423-280-1789. If you've got questions, you've got concerns or whatever, or you can't make it and want, want more information, that's fine. Give me a call. And uh, But we're, we're at 3200 Amicola Highway. It's just down from the 911 Center. Uh, it's a... Uh, it's where the fire, firefighters and policemen do all their training and stuff. So we've got classroom space, and uh, Just look for the smoke. it's totally free. Uh, we're not going to ask you, ask you for anything. We're not going to suck you in and then talk, get you in there and then start, start begging for money or anything like that. That's not what this is about. This is about educating us on how to make this better. I'm, I'm not a great speaker. I've got Andy coming in. Andy Edwards is... Uh, a quail forever biologist for the state of Tennessee, uh, and uh, he's gonna he's gonna he knows he knows more about this subject than I do. I've been learning a whole lot and been doing crash courses and stuff, but uh, he can he he can quote it from memory. Where I'm gonna have to have notes, and uh, so he we're gonna we're gonna talk about this stuff and we're gonna learn and hopefully become a, a better educated people and. Six o'clock. If you come late, that's fine. We'll pick you up and we'll we'll brief you afterwards. Uh, hopefully, this thing will. I don't think it's going to take long. Uh, the actual planned portion will be short and sweet, but uh, you know, 45 minutes or so. But then we're going to be there for as long as people are willing to talk and, and deal with it. I don't have to get up the next morning, so I'll stay as late as I have to and talk to, talk to people about quail. What? Chris, that sounds I've got good. the building all night yep. if I have to. There we go. We'll, we'll just stay all night then. That's right. Get, put some coffee on. <laughs> Chris, not not that there's coffee at the fire station or anything like that, right? Not, not, none whatsoever. <laughs> Chris, thank you so much, and I uh, look forward to seeing you Thursday night, and uh, and hopefully we'll have a, a, a big crowd turnout and to, to start learning what we can do to help bring quail back for this, this area. That would be awesome. Thank you, man. Talk to you later. All right. Y'all have a good one. Thank you. You too, Bye. Chris. Bye. Bye. 
All right, there you go. Quell Forever meeting, June 27th, 6 p.m., Chattanooga Fire and Police Training Center on 3200 M. Nicola Highway. Be there. It's going to be a lot of fun. All right, we're going to go pay a bill. If you want to be part of the show, give us a call. 267-1023-267-1023. It sits above the mantle. Attention landscapers and lawn care specialists. Your customers want a green, healthy lawn, right? Are the products you're using getting the job done? Beatty Fertilizer in Cleveland specializes in customized fertilizer blends that will have your customers' lawns looking like a golf course fairway. The pros at Beatty Fertilizer in Cleveland are the experts in lawn care. So when you choose Beatty Fertilizer products, your customers and your competition will take notice. Guaranteed. Beatty Fertilizer, 472-5491, 472-5491, or online at BeattyFertilizer.com. If you need any outdoor supplies, there's only one place to go, Sportsman's Warehouse. They have all the equipment you need, as well as a friendly, knowledgeable staff to assist you. If you want a firearm, then check out the thousands of guns they have on the shelf. If you don't see one you want, go to sportsmanswarehouse.com. Choose from over 6,700 models they have, and they will ship it directly to the store. Everyday low prices, no shipping charges, and no processing fees. Sportsman's Warehouse, the great indoors for those who love the great outdoors. Highway 153 and Lee Highway. Are you a member of the National Rifle Association? If not, why? No other organization in this country fights for your rights like the NRA. In the current environment, our rights under the Second Amendment are being attacked every day. While we in the South may feel comfortable, that is not the case all across America. The NRA is taking up the fight for you, and you need to be a part. Join the over 5 million men, women, and children who are members of the NRA. Go to TonySandersOutdoors.com and click on the Join NRA link. Don't wait too late. Welcome back. Tony Sanders Outdoors, hanging with you this Saturday morning. Been having fun. Mm-hmm. Just had a great call with Chris Wilmore from uh, Quell Forever, Tri-State Area Chapter of Quell Forever. Looking forward to uh, seeing them on Thursday evening. I'm going to go to that. Are you? Yeah, I need to get in good with the quail hunter so I can get quail feathers. Uh, it's all about you, right? It's You're self-centered, all yep. about you. Well, I want to get some quail feathers because I've seen how quail fly. Yeah. And there's no way on God's green earth that I'm going to be able to hit one of those little <laughs> rockets. So I'm going to rely on my good friends to bring me feathers. Gotcha. Fair enough. All right. Here's what we're going to do. This is my plan. Okay. Yeah, I know this. Is share, your, share your vision with me. I'm, I'm, I'm shocking you by sharing my vision. We're going to talk about the poaching pinhead. Okay. We're going to talk about the idiot outside. Okay. Then after the break, we're going to talk about the black bear that's been euthanized. That makes sense. Makes sense to me. That's kind of where that's kind, that's kind of my plan. Okay, I like your plan. We've right. got a plan. We have a plan. We've got a plan. I'm happy now. Oh, I'm real happy. We've got a plan. <laughs> you have no idea how happy this makes me. <laughs> well, I am glad that we have made you happy because <laughs> it's all about me. It's all about you. All right. Now you know what's going to happen. Oh yeah, this plan is going out the window in about five six Somebody, seconds. Somebody's going to call. Oh yeah. Four two three two six seven one zero two three. And completely change the plan. Oh, yeah. And we'll go down another rabbit hole. That's fine. I, hey, after after eight years, I've kind of gotten used to it. Although when I first started, I thought we'd just, you know, go through go through show prep as I wrote it. As, but you, as you came in with 
through 28 pages of show prep and yep. I never opened it up. Yep, and we never hit anything. And I was like, okay, that went out the window. <laughs> Just roll with it, baby. I've learned to roll with it. All okay. right. Billings, Montana. A 23-year-old Montana hunting guide has received a lifetime lifetime suspension of his hunting, fishing, and trapping rights for poaching multiple trophy big game animals in 2017. The Billings Gazette reported that Brandon K. Yes. Shushin, Shuin? Shuin. Uh, was ordered by District Judge John Harris to complete 500 hours of community service for a wildlife conservation organization, serve 10 years of probation, and pay $33,050 in restitution to the state of Montana. Uh, Harris, the judge, said that one of the things that disturbed him most about this case was that the animals were killed and mostly left to waste. Shuin pled guilty to five counts of unlawful possession, shipping, or transporting of a trophy big game animal, which is a felony. Authorities say that the animals poached by Shuin uh, included three bull elk and a buck antelope. 23 years old, lifetime hunting, fishing, trapping ban. And I don't have a problem with that. I don't either. Um, you know, one reason I haven't committed some crimes in life is because prison is a deterrent for me. Yeah. All right. I just, I don't want to go. This is a perfect example. If you know you're going to, I mean, think about it. In the grand scheme of things, four animals. Three elk and a, an antelope were poached. And this guy's at 23 has lost his ability to hunt and fish. Now, the other part that most people don't realize, or a lot of people don't realize, is there is a consortium of wildlife agencies around. And actually, our current director, Ed Carter, is over that. Uh, I think it's AFLA. I think it's that. Yeah. Anyway. Um, AFLA. Anyway, most of the states recognize someone losing their hunting license in one state, and you can't, so you can't hunt anywhere. Right. There's probably about a half a dozen states maybe he can go hunt in, and that's it. I don't know if there's that many. It may not be, but one or two. I think it's like one or two. I think you're more accurate there. So, you know, this dude has has lost his rights for the rest of his life. Mm Mm-hmm. And, and his career because he was a hunting guy. He was a hunting guy. And a hunting guy should know better. And the wanton waste, that's that's where I have an issue. I mean, I, don't poach an animal. Don't do that. But don't leave it to waste. Don't leave it to rot either. I mean, that's that's just – I can see why the judge gave such a harsh sentence. Well, I, I'm assuming this person was just trying to get the trophy. Mm-hmm. I guess. I'm guessing so. You know, the uh, a buck antelope is really, there's so many of those. I'm not sure what the purpose of that was, unless it was just a really big one. But, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I, just, I find it, I, I wish there was more of the story. I wish I knew kind of what some of this dude's thinking was. Yeah. And, again, as a hunting guide, he should have known better. But that may, that may Well, and he pled guilty. I yeah. Mean, it was not like. He, um, anyway, not like he didn't, uh, didn't know. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'd, I'd be real curious to know why he, why he did what he did. I, I just, I just, one of those things. You wonder what runs through somebody's mind like that. Yeah. Hey, David. Good morning from Aiken, South Carolina. How's everybody? Wonderful. How's South Carolina? Oh, it's 
storms just went through and they're headed on southeast and I'm tickled to death that they're gone. Right. <laughs> Listen, before you get on with your agenda, I know you've actually got a game plan, <laughs> but I'm gonna touch on the <laughs> I'm gonna touch on the quail hunting really, really fast. Okay. I live I live in Lookout Valley where the golf course is. Yep. And I'm I'm sixty three years old and as a child we quail hunted that entire valley over there. Yes. That sir. entire farm. We quail hunted up at the strip mines on the mountain. There were actually quail when I was growing up, and I, I'm like you. I thoroughly enjoyed bird hunting. The last time I actually went quail hunting was at a preserve down there in uh, North Alabama. There, to, uh, right. I can't remember the name of it. It's been so many long. But uh, I'm like you. I, I'd love to see the quail get restored and people, you know, start really paying attention and get these birds back to where we'll at least, like Rob said, get to hear a few little bob whites every now and then. It sure would be awesome. It is. It's so cool to hear a wild one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes, yeah. So you guys are having a great morning, I see. We are. It has been fun, and uh, we've just kind of um, just hanged out and hung out and just had a good time. Been educational. Good deal. I hear you. I'll it's call Rob good. a thing Listen, or two. I'm going uh, to mention bacon, and then I'm going to get off here and let you go ahead with your uh, <laughs> okay. uh, planned agenda. <laughs> well, we've got food so in. Bacon. So bacon it is, guys. You know what? You know what I'm thinking. You know what I'm thinking. Quail, bacon wrap, quail breast. Yeah, bacon wrap, quail breast. Oh man! Yeah. Oh goodness, great! Now you got me hungry, and I just ate a few minutes ago. Look out! <laughs> well, enjoy enjoy your drive, David. <laughs> All right, I'm headed. I'm headed home. You guys have fun, and I'll listen in the rest of the day. That sounds great. Thank you. Be careful, right. brother. Take care, guys. Uh-huh. Bye. Now this next one, I, I don't know. I don't know what to make of this. Um, I'm not real sure either. Uh, I, I, this one, it makes no sense, and there's no other information given. So I'm just going to kind of go with it. Um, Miami police arrest a woman for stomping on a sea turtle nest. Now, not only did she stomp on it, there, there's other stuff. A Florida tourist was taken into custody after she was caught trying to destroy a sea turtle nest on Miami Beach. Police uh, reportedly told uh, Miami ABC uh, affiliate WPLG that Yuan Lu, 41, was arrested after disturbing an area on the beach marked off by wooden stakes and yellow tape meant to protect the turtle's nest. Uh, Police say Lu was jabbing and stomping the nest and digging at it with one of the stakes that she pulled up. She was promptly arrested and charged with harassing or molesting a marine turtle or eggs, something the state of Florida takes very, very seriously. The, this kind of egregious act is a third-degree felony in Florida, and Lou could be forced to pay a fine uh, if found guilty. Florida Fish and Game Commission officials went to check the condition of the nest and were happy to report no damage to any of the eggs. Oh, so she, not only did she do this stuff, she missed them. Yeah. So she's not a good, good stomper Lord. or stabber. Uh, Lou is, apparent, is apparently a Chinese citizen who lists a Michigan address as her permanent residence. She was initially held on $5,000 bond. I, I don't understand. I don't get it. I don't either. And um, I'm going to try and find, while you, while you give your opinion on this, I'm going to try and find the picture of this lady because she just she doesn't look right. I mean, I don't know what's Well, I don't, I don't, you know. I just I don't get it. Uh, I know people do stupid things, and 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 we have laws for stupid, but I just I don't understand what the little sea turtles did to her. And 
I, I'm sorry if I see something staked off with yellow tape that says caution or do not enter. You know what? I'm probably going to follow that, not pick up the stake and start jabbing it into the ground trying to kill whatever's in there. There's her mugshot. She doesn't look sane. She looks like she might have some issues. Yeah. Uh, at least from a mugshot perspective. Yeah. You know, we're used to seeing the very somber mugshot, uh, not the uh, grin that this person has. I don't know. It's just I, I find it really strange. But, I, the, you know, the, 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 the poaching thing that we just did? Right. Okay. Uh, I don't agree with it, but it makes sense. This just doesn't make sense. No. Sea turtles. I mean, it's not like they harass anybody at all. No. And so, who knows? I was I was hoping there would be, yeah, I hate to say this, I was hoping there would be, like, alcohol involved. You know, why'd she do, oh, she was drunk. Okay. that She she apparently was not and just decided to stomp and stab a turtle's nest. Right. For no good reason. There you go. There's some um, stupid, uh, I don't know what we called that. Was that idiots outside? Idiots outside? Yeah. Uh, She qualifies for sure. No doubt. All right. Tony Sanders Outdoors will be right back. Well, last year we had a bumper crop when them white oak acorns started to drop. So many I twisted my ankle walking through the stand. Attention landscapers and lawn care specialists. Your customers want a green, healthy lawn, right? Are the products you're using getting the job done? Beatty Fertilizer in Cleveland specializes in customized fertilizer blends that will have your customers' lawns looking like a golf course fairway. The pros at Beatty Fertilizer in Cleveland are the experts in lawn care. So when you choose Beatty Fertilizer products, your customers and your competition will take notice. Guaranteed. Beatty Fertilizer, 472-5491. 472-5491 or online at BeattyFertilizer.com. If you're looking to target your product or service to the outdoor community, Tony Sanders Outdoors can help. Nearly one-third of the radios are tuned to Tony Sanders Outdoors on Saturday mornings from 5 to 7 a.m. Whether it's a recorded commercial, live reads, remote broadcast, or product endorsements, Tony and Rob can help. Give us a call at 423-280-3677 to discuss your advertising needs. Tony Sanders Outdoors, your outdoor advertising solution. 423-280-3677. Welcome back. Tony Sanders Outdoors hanging with you this Saturday morning. We got a caller coming to. We're coming to Ben. Hey, Ben, how you doing? I'm doing great. Good to hear I, from I you, man. I was listening to the guy talk about the quail. Yeah. So where I am is a is a 40-acre plot out here. We even have a little lake. But I won't be able to go Thursday, but it'd be good to have that information to well, I will make, throw in out here. I'll make sure you get it, Ben. All righty. How you doing, How man? How you fellas been doing? Well, we're wonderful. How are you? I'm doing good. Doing good. Got to go to the hospital the first, have a little surgery, but it's just gone bladder. All right. But well, I'll be okay. Well, that's what we want to hear. We want you to be all right. Yeah. Good. I, good to hear from you, man. I, I sit here and look out the window 
listen to y'all every Saturday. Well, I appreciate it more than you know. But you take care of it. All right, man. Rob, you need to come and see what's in this pond out here. I may need to do that, Ben. All right, we'll see y'all, fellas. See you, buddy. All right. Ben Byer, a uh, longtime listener and good friend. Mm -hmm. uh, He always listens, and I appreciate it more than he knows. All right. A friendly black bear was euthanized after it came to love people who fed it and took selfies. Wildlife officials say they were forced to euthanize a friendly young black bear after it grew too familiar with people who regularly fed it and took selfies with it. Uh, since the beginning of June, Oregon pl- police received regular calls about the bear, which was usually spotted near its favorite boat ramp a- at an Oregon park. On Thursday, they found the animal surrounded by a pile of trail mix and sunflower seeds that appeared to have been left by some passerby. Police concluded that the bear had grown too habituated to human interaction and could pose a threat to people's safety so they made the difficult decision to shoot and kill it this is where it gets bad everybody got all upset people took to twitter people took to facebook the 100 pound bear was between two to three years old and could have been relocated if it hadn't grown so accustomed to human contact said rick swart of the oregon department of fish and game not only feeding a wild animal not to mention taking up close up with one is dangerous for humans but the animals are threatened by too close contact such as junk food bears can sniff that out real easily and it's really not good for them either but everybody got all upset that they had to euthanize this bear well here's my first thought a fed bear is a dead bear and apparently this bear liked twinkies it really liked its junk food right so i've run out of twinkies bear wants more twinkies Bear bigger than Rob. Bear eats Rob. Bear eats Rob. That's how it happens. Now, because everybody and their brother has now a social media platform and they think they're an expert in some way, form, or fashion, the problem is the, the and I'm going to try and pronounce this word, and I always have trouble with it. You have your words that you have trouble pronouncing, and I have the words that I have trouble pronouncing. One of the words I have trouble pronouncing is anthropomorphization, which is the... Why do you try to pronounce it? Well, it's the actual word of giving human characteristics to animals or associating... uh, It is the attributing human characteristics or behaviors to an animal or an object. Here's the problem. A bear is a wild creature. Remember we did a few years ago, people were taking themselves selfies with the bear in the background. Right. These are wild animals and will attack. Yellowstone National Park had to come out and tell people not to take selfies with a bear because people are doing it. They think that, you know, it's it's a Disney production. Oh, it's a little bear. It's going to come up. There's going to be like, you know, quail will come up with him and, and, and all the ducks will be up and they'll all be lined up and we can all sing a song together. This is a wild 100-pound bear with big sharp claws big sharp teeth and now it associates people and food it well, doesn't take long strips to where people are food you had people on this radio station host on this radio station talking about uh bears and and why did they have to kill it because you they didn't have to kill it you people who fed it killed it yep just get a grip on it you killed the, the bear 
by turning I mean, the reason we can coexist with bears is they think we're big and bad. Once they find out we're not big and bad, we're in trouble. Because we are not, compared to a bear, big and bad. Nope. Uh, I, I, I mean, I'll never forget. Curly, you ain't the top of the food chain out here, boy. Mm-mm. And, and he meant it. And this is, it just, it drives me nuts when people do this stuff. I see it all the time. And it's just like, you got to stop. You got to stop or we're going to end up, you know, euthanizing more bears. Exactly. So uh, all their people were taking selfies with it. Okay. This is not, this is not your pet. No. This is not a tame animal. This is a wild animal. There's, this is a non-domestic. Even a hundred pound bear would break your neck if he was to swipe it. Ac- even accidentally. You know, when he's putting his arm around you for your selfie, I'm going to go ahead and say, you know, he wants to be in the picture. Hey, look, he's putting his arm around me. No, he's trying to get to your jugular and rip it out. <laughs> okay, I may have gone a little far on that yeah, one. Sorry. You went to the dark side yeah, sorry. just a little. I'll come back. But, I mean, and this is what happens. So leave him alone. We've got him in this area. And actually, we're going to be doing a show here in the very near future on nuisance animals. Uh, not that this isn't necessarily. you just got to learn to coexist. Mm-hmm. Uh, we just were up at Teleco a few weeks ago, and everything up there had bear-proof trash cans and things like that. Yep. For a reason. We don't want them getting used to being garbage bears. Right. You remember the movie The Great Outdoors, The garbage, the Bear Dump? Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. And where the bear crawls up on the hood? Yeah. Yeah. This is not what we do. The, the issue that I have, especially with part of this is that a lot of these people they get all upset okay yes the bear had to be euthanized but that's what was best for people and probably honestly the bear okay because the bear may have lost its ability to forage for itself and was reliant on humans on twinkies on twinkies and other junk like that which is not good for them at all oh let's let's say little debbies we want to okay little debbies plug, plug a local business uh it you know what else this bear loved i'm gonna go ahead and say it because i i know this it loved moon pies so, you know, there we go. We'll keep it local Chattanooga. <laughs> it did not love moon pies? Okay. What? What? I'm not sure that anybody's ever loved moon pies. I like moon pies. Oh, I'm sorry. No, I kind of like them. Um, that and an RC. Here's the thing. The bear, it was the best thing for the bear to put it down. And we only want to save the cute animals. Have you ever noticed that? The bears, bears are cute when they're little. When bears get big, they're big bears. Nobody wants to save the armadillos. You should, you know. No, I don't. <laughs> I mean, nobody wants to save the armadillos. The possums, you know, if you've ever seen one of those things, you know, little yeah. possum. They all, you know, they want to save the cute little otter. They want to save the sea lion that drags little people into the, you know, into the water and bites people on the shore. They want to save the cute animals. They don't want to save the ugly animals. You want if you see a spider, it's dead. I guarantee you. It's either going to be shot, stomped, stabbed. Nobody wants to save the spiders. All right, we got to go pay the final bill. Tony Sanders Outdoors, we'll be right back. Sportsman's Warehouse is the perfect place to shop for all your outdoor equipment. No matter the season, Sportsman's Warehouse friendly staff and knowledgeable experts can assist you in finding what you need for your adventure. If you're a hunter, angler, boater, hiker, camper or need clothing or shoes sportsman's warehouse has just what you need if you're looking for a firearm sportsman's warehouse has over a thousand guns in the store 
Now, if you don't see one you want, you can go to sportsmanswarehouse.com and select from over 6,700 guns offered online. Then you can have it shipped directly to the store, everyday low prices, no shipping charges, and no processing fees. Don't forget to sign up and register for the Sportsman's Warehouse loyalty card. This will give you points towards gift cards and special promotions, as well as keeping you informed of upcoming events. Be sure to like them on Facebook for prizes, promotions, as well as things happening at the store. The place to shop for all your outdoor needs. Sportsman's Warehouse. The great indoors for those who love the great outdoors. Highway 153 and Lee Highway. Like a good neighbor is not just a saying. It exactly describes my friend Rodney Allen. For nearly 20 years, my family has relied on Rodney for all of our insurance needs. He's been there when my kids were learning to drive, when my wife had been hit by a few deer, and when I needed life insurance to protect my family, as well as when my grandson was born. As you can see, he's not just our agent. He's part of our life. Rodney Allen, 423-847-3881. Like a good friend, Rodney will be there for your family too. 423-847-3881. Welcome back. Tony Sanders Outdoors wrapping it up this Saturday morning. Hope you've had a good time. We have. Mm -hmm. Next week we'll have uh, guys from Compass Auctions in here. Talking about their upcoming um, firearms auction. I got a lot of stuff. Yep. Also coming up tomorrow is going to be a hunter safety education class. This is going to be the field portion at Highland Sportsman's Club at 1 p.m. You need to go to TWRA, look under hunter education, and register. And the coursework does need to be done online before you show up at 1 p.m. You still got time, but do it quickly if you're going to do it. Then on the 27th, which is Thursday of this week, Quail Forever Meeting is going to be at the Fire Department Training Center, 3200 Amnicole Highway, starting at 6 p.m. That's going to be a great informational meeting. Then on the 13th, there is the Chattanooga Heroes Run. That's going to be at the Fry Center. There's a five-mile run-walk that starts at 8 a.m. and a one-mile kids fun run that starts at 10, and that's at the Fry Center on the Greenway. On the 20th, the Friends of the NRA is going to be out at the Weston Hotel. It's going to be a great, great evening for have a banquet out there. That starts at 5 p.m. Get your tickets now to avoid disappointment because they will sell out. And once they are sold out, that's it. End of story. And then on September 5th, the Medal of Honor Heritage Center Sporting Clays event is going to be held up at Benton's Sporting Clays. So you need to get some practice in if you want to win your division in that shoot. Cool. Busy. Busy, busy, busy. For a summertime. Yes, very busy for a summertime. Like I said, Compass Auctions will be in here next week. Who do you got coming in when I'm not here? I've got Jared DeWright and his lovely wife coming back in, and I'm going to pick her brain for Their some. wife? Big or, I'm sorry, and his fiance. I was going to say. Significant other, sorry. Yeah, boy. Maybe I threw him under the bus. Oh, uh, man, he's in trouble now. Yeah, he's in trouble now. We're in, I'm going to pick her brain for all the uh, juicy weird stories about being a park ranger that nobody gets to hear the the good stuff cool that'd be a good show mm-hmm. i think so so looking forward to that i will be in uh at the coast celebrating my wife's fifth year as a transplant recipient that's a great which is kind of cool that's a great present taking her down there for so that. yeah she's gonna she's gonna enjoy it we're looking forward to it it'll be fun but uh five years man it's hard to believe mm-hmm 
It's I, real hard to believe. I remember when that. Ha- I remember when it happened. You called me like, "You got the show tomorrow. You're on your own. Good luck." Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, it literally was. You got the show. Good luck. Like, okay, fine. Yeah, I got you covered. I can do it. Yeah, throw it up, no problem. Going in, they got a kidney up at Vandy. I was like, "Oh, that's awesome." So, yeah. yeah, that was about how it happened. It was pretty <laughs> funny. <laughs> yeah, we've had some interesting. Oh, by the way, <laughs> moments in our uh, radio career. Yeah, I'll be looking forward to that. So maybe get to sneak out on the water just a little. I would hope so. See if I can catch a, a fish or two. And the best part, eating seafood three meals a day. Absolutely, including a seafood omelet for breakfast. Yes, sir. Ah, sounds like a plan. All right, anything else you can think of? Uh, We're just going to have music for the next 30 seconds. No, no. If you're heading out today, uh, drink plenty of water. It's going to be hot and humid outside. And if you're on the water, please wear your life jacket. I'm tired of I'm tired of reading stories about people getting drug out of the water. Yeah. You don't hear too many drug out of the water with their life jacket on. No, that's true. Because you know why? Why? They can get out on their own. Yep. All right. Tony Sanders Outdoors, thanks for being part of our life for the last 13 years. We'll see you next week. Hunting, fishing, loving every day. That's the prayer that a country boy prays. Thank God he made me this way. You have been listening to a podcast of the award-winning Tony Sanders Outdoor Show. Please subscribe to our service to get updated shows weekly throughout the year. Like us on all the social medias to keep up with what's going on on Tony Sanders Outdoors.